So let's start with a story. You want to? So think about the beginning of the 20th century. And in case that's confusing to you, because it's kind of confusing, that'd be like 1910, 1911. That, that's the time frame of this. That's the beginning of the 20th century, right? In a place called Delhi in India. And they had a problem. And near as I can tell, the problem's horrific. I mean, this would completely freak me out. Um, but I'm sort of showing my bias. And I'm just the storyteller. I'm the vessel for the story. The problem they had is they had lots and lots of venomous snakes. In fact, to be more specific, Delhi had a cobra problem, and they had lots of them. And the government got involved, and they thought, you know, this won't do. We can't have cobras just be hanging out cobraing. I mean, they're going to bite people, or they were biting people, and it was dangerous, and it was risky, and people didn't like it. And so they made a decision. And you know how we've talked before, and we'll talk again today, about how incentives really are a big part of why people do what they do. And one of the reasons we talk about moving from the why question to the how question is because the why question does focus on incentives. And we also know that behavior is almost always a function of the context. And so given those two pieces of information, context and incentives, the decision was made to put a bounty on top of every cobra. And so what the government did was they offered a, a, a bounty. They offered money for every cobra that was brought into the cobra collection office. I made that part up, but it sounds like there must have been something like that there. And, you know, dead or alive, if you brought in a cobra, you got money. And it worked beautifully. I mean, beautifully. It was, it was brilliant. It worked amazingly well. In fact, the cobra population dramatically increased, decreased, decreased, sorry, dramatically decreased. And what's that might have been a Freudian slip. You'll have to see uh, where the story goes, won't you? And so as they thought, hmm, we've done it. We've classically done it. We're measuring what we want because how do we know what we have until we measure it? We're incentivizing people to actually go out and remove cobras, and we're making the streets of Delhi more safe. Until they realized at some point during this process that something else was happening. And this other thing that was happening, well, that's a pretty interesting part of this story. Because some people figured out pretty early in this game that if they couldn't find cobras in the streets of Delhi, that what they could do was set up a breeding operation. And they could, in fact, breed cobras for the bounty, so they'd breed cobras, the cobras would grow up, they would take them in, get the money for them, and they had the perfect scam going. Now that is really interesting. And it was pretty effective, I guess, for those guys until they got caught. And as soon as they got caught, the government figured out, oh, oh no, an unintended consequence of this improvement strategy is that we're actually creating an environment where we're breeding cobras in order for them to sell us the cobras in the bounty program. And so they did exactly what you would think the government would do. They ceased the program. And when they halted the program, a bunch of people who were breeding cobras for money were left with tanks full of cobras. And so what they did, since they now had no value, 
and it was costing them money to actually feed them, is they just let them go. And that meant there were more cobras on the streets of Delhi than ever before in the history of mankind. Everybody, and welcome to the Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. I'm Todd Conklin, the host of this show. Can you believe it? We've done this like over 800 times, this pod. It's crazy. We've done this a long time. How much fun have we had? A lot, if you had to measure it, a bunch. Welcome to the pod. So the story you just heard is a classic story. It's, it's a true story, too, interestingly enough, although that probably shouldn't surprise you too much. It's a classic story of something that has been, over time, in behavioral economics called the Cobra effect. Really what we're going to talk about today is perverse incentives. And I know you're sitting there thinking he picked that entirely because he gets to say the word perverse. And yeah, I won't lie. That made this a certain, um, well, it it was absolutely going to go into the, there was no question I was going to talk about this. So don't even think about that. That notion of perverse incentives, uh, the Cobra effect it's been a part of stuff for a long time. You've seen it in, in rat control programs, insect control programs. It's, it's sort of a part of how, um, how systems work to create both outcomes they desire and outcomes they don't desire. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. And you'll see why this makes sense. We're all sort of heading in a direction towards this understanding of micro assessment of risk. And I want to get there by doing a couple things. We talked about rules. We're definitely going to talk now about this idea of the Cobra effect and incentives. And then eventually we're going to get to this risk discussion because that's a pretty important discussion for us to have. But first, let me greet the day by saying welcome aboard. I'm glad you're here. The joke program is kind of working, you guys. I'm not saying we're getting a million jokes submitted because that would be a big fat lie. But I think we have like five. And I would like to have at least maybe 15. So if you have a joke and it's a good one and you want to share it, either write it down and email it or better yet, record it on your little phone and just send the the audio file. And that would be marvelous. That would be so cool. And you can just send it to office Todd Conklin, no dots or anything, just office Todd Conklin at gmail.com. And I'll get it. I promise. I really will. I promise. And then we can play some jokes because I really I, I want to do a joke show. If it's the last thing I do, I'm doing a joke show. But until the joke show happens, we got plenty to talk about. How are you? So it's interesting because we're right at the sort of the seasons change cusp. So our friends in the southern hemisphere are starting to have to get their little jackets out. It's time for you to get your jackets out. And our friends in the northern hemisphere it's time to put your jacket away, and we're sort of in that 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 autumnal, fall, spring, depending on where you are. I really love this time because it means, at least for us, we're heading into summer, and, and it's marvelous and amazing and going to be a good one. I, I can kind of feel it in my bones. I think we're due one. We're definitely due some opportunity for goodness because the world, man, I... It's unbelievable to me how much uncertainty we are exposed to as just a course of our daily business. And I'm not just talking about work stuff. I'm not going to talk about sort of hazards that we deal with or potential injuries or significant events. Just overall global uncertainty. 
It's bizarre. It is really bizarre. Um, and it's chronic. I mean, how much exposure can we have? And what is it doing to things like how we see risk and how we think about the future and how we think about controls? and You know, all the stuff we talk about. That's a pretty important part of uh, all of our discussions anyway and kind of fits nicely with the discussion we're going to have today. So that's probably as good a point as any as to uh, transition into the discussion around this Cobra effect. So I want you to think about, as we talk today, the power of incentives and how they couple with measuring, with monitoring, with compliance, and how we see the future. Because remember my theory, before we get into this too much, our need to predict the future is really more about our need to control the future. And the belief that we can control the future, which is super seductive. Oh, I wish it were true. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great if it were true? Unfortunately, it's not. But our need to control the future has really colored to a great extent what we incentivize and how we learn and what we know. Those are all really connected. Because I'm going to suggest that in our world, the world in which we represent sort of reliability and resilience, the, the work we do, that we probably have some examples of what science would call perverse incentives. And maybe the best, best way, the, the, the best way, by far the most effective way to have that conversation is to have it. So sit back and relax and think about the Cobra effect. So the bottom line in the midst of all this is built around the idea that we want fewer injuries, so therefore we incentivize fewer injuries, right? Which makes sense. And we attach performance improvement planning and performance incentive programs to a reduction in events, which seems great. I mean... You want to sort of incentivize the organization to do what they want to do. You want to do it as effectively as you possibly can. You're probably building your story around zero, which is only going to sort of further complicate the incentive structure because zero is, in fact, the target. So anything that's other than zero is not zero, which, again, is not the smartest thing I've ever said, but that's going to be an important part of this discussion. And what happens is is that we're actually building programs that – in a perverse way, actually tell us less. Now, you know this. Uh, this isn't, uh, at least I hope it doesn't shock you. It's been a part of a discussion a long time. But I would suggest if you give away a new pickup to the crew that's the safest, oh, let me, let me reframe this. If you give away a new pickup to the crew leader who has the safest crew, that you're going to probably build into that incentive structure a lack of reporting. So anything that doesn't need to be reported is not going to be reported. And remember my premise, knowing less does not make you smarter. Okay, so we know that going into this, that's going to be an important part of our discussion. But our challenge is, is that we don't really know what to incentivize. And every incentive 
has the potential to become perverse. I just like saying that. Forgive me, please. I'm probably going to get an R rating for this. And I don't. It's, it's the scientific term of perverse, right? So no matter what we measure, we have the potential to create this idea of the cobra effect. And what you see, and you really see it a lot now, it's been a big part of the discussion, is as we talk more about creating psychological safety, which we should talk about in great detail. In fact, that's somewhere where we probably ought to go, but not for this discussion. But as we create an environment where it's okay to tell you the truth, where it's okay to disagree, where it's okay to give you bad news, which is a very quick definition of psychological safety. Remember, psychological safety is how, how, how effective and safe is it for the workers to push the boundaries of the conversation. Not how warm and fuzzy it feels, but how safe is it for them to tell you stuff you don't want to hear, right? And as we talk about psychological safety, one of the things that's happening is we're writing some of these perverse incentives. We're, we're changing the COBRA effect. And they're going to tell you more. Because if you provide a safe environment and you tell them it's important to understand close calls, near misses, weak signal indicators, and then you provide a way for people to speak up, because remember, speaking up is less about worker speaking and more about creating an opportunity for the up. If you build a system where people can tell you the truth, they're going to tell you the truth. And in fact, what's going to happen is you're going to have more events, not less events. Which is going to make it look like you suck at it. You're bad. You're terrible. You're getting, oh no, what's wrong? This was a stupid idea. We should go back to the old way. And I get that because the old way actually told you you were performing better. The problem is, is that the old way was in a perverse way incentivizing you not to hear the truth. And so now we're stuck in this dilemma, right? And it's kind of an interesting dilemma where as we build more opportunity for engaged workers to actually not be the problem but the solution, we're probably stuck with the fact that the incentive we have is no longer terribly effective. The COBRA effect. So what do we do? Because that's an important part of the discussion we want to have, is do we change incentives? Well, everything has a certain amount of incentivization, right? I mean, everything, people don't do anything for no reason. We always have reasons. There are incentives built into our systems. There are incentives built into our personalities. There are incentives certainly built into our organization. And many of them are great, right? Many of them are, are, are effective. The problem is, is they all have this potential to have unintended effect as well. And so what I'm going to suggest to you is that what we have to do as a group of people who think about these things is to actually open ourselves to the fact that this is not bad nor good. This is not right nor wrong. This is just how it works. These are the cards that we've been dealt. And so we take those cards and we understand the espoused outcomes and the unintended outcomes. And we think about them simultaneously. And so one of the challenges is if we make it easier to report, if we make it more valuable to report, if we meet those four tests for why people don't report, right? 
and we look at the fidelity of rules, all the things we've talked about so far, if we make it easier for people to report, they're going to report. And what we have to do then is actually have enough flexibility in our incentive structure to understand why this data has a blip in it, why there's a change, why the data, even though it's the same stuff, we're talking about the same stuff, why the data is now different. And that demands a a certain amount of maturity at the leadership level of an organization. It definitely demands a certain amount of explanation because we need to talk about why this changed, why when we changed the incentive structure, right, some of the unintended consequences that were happening go away and we learn more about how we operate that challenge exactly that challenge is where many of you are right now because we can go back to Deming 14 points although we don't need to go through all 14 but he says if you can't measure it you can't manage it and you've heard that said probably I don't know a trillion times Here's the challenge. In a linear system, a a machine, a a system that obeys the laws of physics, an assembly line, that's true. You've got to measure it, but a linear system wants to be measured. It it allows itself to be measured. Now, you're going to create some positive incentives and some unintended incentives, but you're going to learn. The challenge we have is that in a non-linear system, more of a complex relationship, so read that as a relationship that involves people. Remember, people are not machines. Machines obey the laws of physics. People obey the laws of physiology. In a complex system, the challenge with this idea of measuring in order to manage is that complex systems don't really allow themselves to be measured. The biggest problem we have is that it's hard to measure something that doesn't happen. And yet things that don't happen, happen. Now this is going to sound kind of freaky because we're getting out there on the very edge of freakiness. But it's going to mean that we have to look at not only changing what we measure, but moving our measurements closer to monitoring. So instead of measuring performance that has happened historically in a linear system. We're now monitoring performance in a complex system, understanding that whatever we measure will have an element of perverse unintended consequence. That's just how it works. Every measurement that you create in a complex system, every leading metric that you create in a complex system will eventually succumb to the COBRA effect. Every leading metric will become a lagging metric. And the reason is, is not because the metric moves or the system itself changes. It's because of complexity and incentive. And the crazy thing about complexity and incentive is that pumps don't have that problem. Right? Light switches don't have that problem. Machines don't have that problem. People do. People bring that to the table. And because we're smart and adaptive, because we're always looking for ways to be efficient, we're always going to find ways to understand that incentive 
and game it towards our advantage. And it's not bad. I mean, it sounds bad, and it looks kind of bad if you're raising Cobras to sell back to the city. But the bottom line is, it's also pretty predictable in human behavior. So predictable that if you're interested in the work we do, you can almost count on that happening. So that takes us into a much different place. Uh, Probably a pretty good place. It's not a bad place to be. Because I think if you spend time layering value judgments, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, then you're sort of laying blame and not learning. Plus, I'm not sure it has any real value at all. Uh, To me, it's just a phenomenon. It's just... It's just what happens. Eventually, I will find a more efficient way to do what you want me to do. The crazy part about it is is that no matter what you give me to do, the biggest piece of crap in the world, if you want me to operate it, I'll operate it, and I'll get efficient at it. That is part of being a human being. So where does this lead us? Well, that's a pretty good question. I mean... I I would suggest this is one of those discussions that fits nicely when you think about the rules for following rules. It fits nicely when you think about compliance, when you think about sort of why people report. But more importantly, I think it really is an opportunity to talk openly about the fact that as we improve the way we monitor our effectiveness as an organization must change to move us from understanding mechanical systems, the mechanistic world, Deming's 14 points, which are, which are great, by the way, I'm a big fan, to a much more adaptive way of understanding a complex world. So we're moving from measuring, which has lots of pitfalls for perverse incentives, to actually more of a system that allows us to monitor. Now, what's that look like? Well, the best example I can think of, the one that comes to mind, and it's an easy one to draw from, is the gas gauge on your car. So there are many factors that play into mileage, wind, speed, hills, load, um, probably others that I can't think of because I'm not very good at that. But, I mean, there are many factors that play into this game. What you do is not measure how much gas is in the tank of your vehicle. You monitor the gas that's in your vehicle. And what's interesting is if you think about it, that's a simple, really simple example. I'll give you that one for sure. But if you think about it in that way, that gives us a much different way to understand how we manage complex, high-risk, critical systems. Instead of looking for things to measure, we look for ways to monitor. I don't know why I'm putting so much time on the M sound, but it felt like the right thing to do. And part of that is right where we are in this discussion. And we've had it before. Oh, absolutely, if we had it before. But it seems like it's time to have it again. Because based upon all the uncertainty we've been through, and because we're in this kind of crazy VUCA environment, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, all the things that sort of make up the future that we live in now, because we're in this environment, 
we're really having to learn about complex systems and uncertainty. And what we're finding, tell me if I'm wrong, because I've been wrong before, so I'm ready to be wrong again. What we're finding is that traditional metrics that we've used in the past are no longer very functional, moving us into whatever future we're heading towards. That is our challenge. And that's where, I mean, that's perfectly where we are in the conversation. And what's amazing about it is something as simple as the Cobra effect, and kind of interesting to think about if you think about it. I mean, it's a pretty good story to start the pod with. That Cobra effect helps us understand how we have to look at and measure and monitor differently than we've ever measured and monitored before. That is the discussion we should have today. How'd that feel? Did we make it through? I hope so. I mean, there was a lot going on in that pod for sure, but I wanted to sort of take us to a place where this this is a discussion I'm finding myself in all the time now is, um, you know, we, we, we're having more events. So clearly this new way is not working. Well, yeah, it probably is working, but one of the indicators is as you make it, more okay to tell you the truth, you're going to hear the truth more often. And sometimes organizations get a little freaky. Well, not sometimes. All the time, organizations get a little freaky because that's what organizations are good at doing is getting freaky. And what we have to do when the organization gets freaky is get teachy. Freaky versus teachy. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be at that point in the conversation? But all of this is heading to a place where we're going to go. You're, you'll be there. You'll be on this ride with me. And that'll be an interesting part of it as well. So that's the pod. It, it's a good one. I, I think, personally, these are things that I think we should be talking about. And we are. So that's good. I hope everything goes. I hope you have a really good week. Tell your friends. Keep listening. For goodness sake, send in, send in some jokes. You can do this. It's not hard. You can be a, you'll, be a, you'll be a star on the podcast. That's for sure. But until then, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. That's really important. And for goodness sakes, be safe. The craziest thing about these unintended consequences is that this happens all the time. I mean, all the time. You can look at... Uh, There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples of this all the time. It's it's crazy. I I think I told you my garbage men, they stopped paying them for a full day and said they could, when when they were done with their route, they were done for the day and could go home early. And they started picking up the garbage at like 4 o'clock in the morning and doing it as fast as they possibly could. It was crazy interesting. And they were done by like 10 a.m. And they had the whole day open, right? Except that what happened is nobody got their trash picked up. A ton of trash has got missed. You can imagine where this goes. Those incentives that we build organizationally, they bring with them tremendous potential for this idea of the Cobra effect. It's really an interesting phenomenon and kind of one to watch for. So stay tuned. You'll think of examples even as we speak. So back on the road. See you later. Have fun. Keep driving.